Okay, so today is part three in the How to Hire the Right Person for Your Business series. Today, we're going to be building on what we talked about yesterday, which is using an application funnel to get as many people as possible to apply for your jobs. Today, I'm going to be talking about how to whittle that list of people that you've got down from any number to a short list in a matter of minutes. I'll be walking you through the step-by-step process so you can do this for yourself. So the question is this, how do entrepreneurs like us who don't have an endless supply of cash, how do we leverage the best apps, virtual assistants, automation tools and systems to scale our businesses, increase our profits and have more time to do what we love to do each day? That is the question and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Dr. Steve Day and this is Systemize Your Success. The question is, how do you sift through any number of applicants to find the gems that the people in that noise, in all of those people that apply, how do you find the ones that are right for your business? In a previous episode, I talked about creating an application form using either Google Forms or Microsoft Forms or Job Forms, and then putting on there a load of yes and no or numeric questions. And now I'm going to talk about what you do with those results. So with each of those form apps. You can literally click a button once you've got your uh, people that have submitted their application. So they basically just answered the questionnaire and it'll click a button and it will then export all that data to a spreadsheet. So that will be either a Google sheet or an Excel sheet, depending on which app you're using. It doesn't really matter. The point is it's just in a spreadsheet. And what that allows you to do is to see all of your applicants. It doesn't matter how many you have. They'll all be on one sheet. And down one side, have the name and the email address. And then in each column, you'll have all the each question that you've asked them on that form. And then their answer will be in the box corresponding to their row on the table or on the spreadsheet. And then what you can now do is go through column by column. And if you order them from A to Z or from high to low, you, you can then, because you have either got a question, like yes, no question. So when I talked about designing the form, I talked about using drop down. So you are giving them answers. So everybody gives you the same answer. Therefore, you can compare them. You don't want free text. It's got to be an answer that you basically that you've chosen what the answers are going to be. Or it's a number. And also on the form, you can actually do a verification check when you design it to make sure they do put a number in. But the point is that you now have comparable information for every question that you've answered, uh, you've asked, sorry. And so you, um, the next step is to then actually go through and eliminate anybody who doesn't meet your specific criteria. So as I said, you literally go through column by column and order them from highest to lowest or A to Z. And that will then group together all the answers that are similar. So if you've asked them, for example, um, how uh, what's your internet um, upload and download speeds, and you know, you've got a numeric, a numeric value for each of those, you'd order the column from highest to lowest, and then you'd basically go down to wherever your cutoff point is. So say if you've you want to limit that you don't want anybody with a um, an upload speed of less than 0.5 megabytes per second. That's a pretty a standard sort of bottom end or your download speed. You probably want it to be around five megabytes per second so you can um, speak with them on Zoom really easily without lagging and you want them to be able to upload work they're doing. So download videos and things and watch videos without it sort of like lagging and taking ages. So internet speed is a really important one. And so you order that column from highest to lowest and then literally just eliminate 
anyone that doesn't meet your cutoff. What we do is actually go through and mark them as rejected. We leave them on the sheet, we mark them as a rejected in, in a separate column that we, we, we add on the far left of the sheet. And what that allows us to do at the end is then to um, order them, order that whole sheet by that column, and then we can see who's rejected and who's, been, who's, who, who's left. So we'd actually remove anybody because we might want to go back to them. So maybe in the future, though, you know, or further down the line, we don't get any anyone that actually uh, passes all the tests, we might go back to our original uh, sheet and say, okay, can we lower the bar to entry a bit and actually get some more people in and see actually, was there anybody that, that was actually really good that just didn't quite perform so well on that application form? So we don't actually delete them. We keep them on there, but we mark them as being rejected. And then you do the same thing with each column. So if it's a, um, a answer from a drop down, for example, so uh, a word a yes or no answer, then if you order it highest to lower it, lowest that column, it will just group them all together as yeses and nos, and you can do exactly the same process. There is one question which doesn't fit this really simple um, method, and that is a long form question. So we do actually want to test, can they write in good English? Have they got good grammar? Can they uh, listen to instructions as well and actually answer a question? And so you always ask one long form question. And it's normally something like, um, with reference to the job posting, what makes your previous experience or what previous experiences have you had that would be of value in this role? You just want something fairly simple. You don't want anything I have to think about because all you're looking for is really two things. One is, have they actually answered the question? Because often you just get nonsense here. They're like, come pay something and it just really doesn't make any sense. So they're just a, a quick no, simple as that. But that's the only time, the only sort of amount of reading you're going to actually do is just have they answered the question. You don't really care so much at this point um, what they've actually put in there because you've asked specific questions in other parts in your questionnaire about experience, uh, about you know, competence, about certification. And you're going to actually ask them more about their specific um abilities later on in the recruitment process. So we're going to go into uh, in subsequent episodes, we'll talk about um, video interviews, and we'll also talk about test tasks and then live interviews as well. And at each of those stages, you're going to actually be asking them more details about their ability. So the point of this long form question on the application form is simply, have they listened or read the question and answered it? And secondly, have they the ability or can they write in good English grammar with good spelling. So when you ask the question on your questionnaire, you want to be really clear. You want to say, you know, in 250 words or less, please, you know, answer this question and then whatever the question is, as I mentioned a second ago. And then under that, so in the in sort of the, the the description for that question or the further info for that question on the form, we actually say to them, please write in full sentences and be conscious of grammar and spelling because you will be assessed on those. So we tell them that information because otherwise what they can sometimes do is just put bullet points in there and then you've got nothing really to go from. So we're not trying to trick people here. We're not trying to catch them out. We're going to give them all the instructions they need to perform brilliantly. But then only the ones that actually bother reading the instructions will perform brilliantly. So you make it easy for people that read instructions and follow them correctly, because that's what you're looking for in the most cases. When you're hiring through this sort of system, you're looking really for admin type people, people who can do research, people who can follow instructions, do your tasks. And therefore, you want people that are really paying attention. And so we want to give them all the information, but then we're really brutal and really harsh in our marking because we've made it so easy for them. And so... 
the, what you want to avoid is any subjectivity here. And I've talked about this before, but this is why we use numeric answers and yes and no answers, and we don't ask open questions. So this is the exception to asking an open question, but we don't grade this by being subjective about what they've written. We use an app called Grammarly. There's also a pro version called Grammarly Pro. And Grammarly is an app which you can copy and paste text into, and it will then give you a score of how good the grammar and spelling is in that text. It's also brilliant for doing your own proofreading. It will actually proofread uh, stuff for you, give you suggestions, restructure sentences for you. So it's a brilliant app that I use all the time whenever I'm writing emails, whenever I'm writing posts, I actually fire it into uh, Grammarly. It then does all the corrections for me, a few clicks of a button, and then I get something that's a much better uh, grammatical level than I can I can produce. I'm dyslexic as well, so it's a real help for me, but it's a brilliant, brilliant app, and I recommend you check it out just for general day-to-day -day use. But in this example, all we're looking for is, one, the score it gives you. So it literally gives you a grammar score. And we, we depict, depending on the type of role we're looking for, we might look for above 80, for example. And you can just gauge you know, what sort of level you're, you're happy with. You want someone who's pretty good. You want someone who can communicate, at least in writing, on an application form for a job at a high level. I mean, they have as much time as they want to fill this out, so you expect them to have got it right. And this is a really easy thing. You can just disregard most people because they often don't have great grammar. They haven't bothered to, to, to put the time and effort into writing it well. So low score, get rid of them. And the other key, other the metric you can look at is the number of errors. So you can actually look at you know, how many grammatical errors have they made. And that's another indicator that we sometimes use um, as well as using the score. So this is a objective way of looking at someone's English, even if you don't know English yourself very well. So if you've got staff who currently work with you, who actually may not pass this test, you know, if they did it today, and, but you want them to do this recruitment process for you, that's fine because you're only using the number that Grammarly gives you. And the only the other thing that I suggested was you actually just say, have they actually bothered to answer the question? So it's really simple. Literally, are they just put nonsense in there or is it okay? And what's the score? And that's it. So therefore you've now got to the point where you've now um, assessed their grammar, assessed their English, assessed all the questions, and then you're left with your shortlist. So if you do this, it means that, you can sift through any number of applicants. And if you get too many people, so if you end up, you know, you've done your process, you've had your cutoffs, you've still got like 100 applicants left, then brilliant, you know, that's that's fantastic. Right now you can raise the bar to entry. So you can actually make it more difficult for people to get through to your next round because you've got so many people to choose from. That is what you want. Then you can start thinking, okay, so of all the questions I've asked, which ones are the most important to me? And what happens if I just tweak that up and just reorder that one column, but then actually put my cutoff a bit higher and eliminate some more people? And what you want to do at the end of this elimination round is to get down to a reasonable number, which you're then going to send them a test task to, which I'll talk about in the next episode, in which you're actually going to assess more, in more detail, can they follow instructions clearly? Can they actually produce a piece of work in a given amount of time? And so you don't want huge amounts of people at the stage because you're going to have to actually do a little bit of work there and actually look at each of the answers. It's a quick process anyway because you're going to give the same test to each person. I'll talk about more in the next episode, but you still you want to you want to limit it to say around 20 people. And of those, you can expect about 50 to 60% will actually bother uh, doing the test task, and therefore, so you're looking at around 10 or 12 applicants. So that's it. That is how we systemize 
the elimination process of any number of applicants. And having this sort of system means you can throw your net as wide as you possibly can. You can put your link to your application form, as I discussed in the last episode, onto many different um, uh, different sites, and then you can uh, and get lots and lots of lots of people in. And at the end of the day, you can just sift, uh, filter them down to the number that you want. Thanks very much for listening to this episode. Before you go, I want to share one last thing with you. I've put together a special collection of resources to accompany the series on recruitment. In there, you'll find templates, you'll find guides, you'll find visual walkthroughs of everything I'm talking about in these episodes. To get the guide, simply go to bit.ly forward slash sys hyphen 10. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash S-Y-S hyphen one zero. And it's all in lowercase. You'll also find a link in the show notes. This guide will make implementing what we're talking about here far, far easier. So go to bit.ly forward slash sys hyphen 10 and get your free copy. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to this episode. I'm well aware there are hundreds of great business podcasts out there and you chose to listen to this one. And for that, I am truly grateful. Hopefully what you heard today took you one step closer to building a successful business so you can share your passion with the world and serve an ever-growing number of people. If you got value out of today's episode, then so will someone else that you know. By sharing with others what has helped you along your way, you will grow your influence and be the guy or girl that everybody wants to know. So please hit the share button right now and also remember to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss future episodes. It's impossible for me to cover absolutely everything in these podcasts. So please do head over to systemizeyoursuccess.com right now and download the show notes, transcriptions and some of my best frameworks and systems for free. Thanks again for tuning in and being a part of this amazing community. Until next time, this is Dr. Steve Day and you've been listening to Systemize Your Success. Your Success.